turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, we're going to look for a few minutes uh, at a very important passage in the life of Jesus. Again, during the last week of his life, that's where we're, what we're in now in, the, in our study of Mark. In the last week of his life, after the triumphal entry, after he came into Jerusalem to, to praise and songs, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then throughout that week, we see the opposition that he faced. And we're going to see some of that opposition this morning and, uh, and how, he, how he deals with it. Uh, Mark chapter 11, starting with the 20th verse. Or excuse me, the, the 27th verse. They arrived again in Jerusalem. This would have been on Tuesday now. And while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Big deal? Big deal. Which is it? I think it's a big deal. I think it shows us something that we often don't remember. And again, I'm trying to highlight this as we go through the Gospel of Mark because it's all over the place. But this isn't the Jesus that so many in our, in our culture are, are promoting. This is a Jesus, the Jesus, the real one, who stands... On God's authority, because he is God. And as God, he doesn't put up with nonsense. We need to understand that. We need to recognize that's part of who Jesus is. The culture, our culture, loves the part of Jesus that loves everybody. And accepts everybody. And he does. He promises to accept everybody who turns to him. So he's not limited in who he will in who he will accept. He's not limited in who he will welcome into his eternal glory. Everybody is welcome if they turn to him. If they recognize his authority in their lives. But here he comes again comes against, or actually they're coming against him, this group, and look again at how they're defined. Look at who these people are. 
that are, that are asking him the question. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. These are the religious big shots of Jerusalem, of Israel. They're the leaders of the people in almost every way. Nicodemus was one of them. He's one, he's one of few that we know an actual name to go with it. Nicodemus, remember his story from John chapter 3? It comes just before the great passage, John 3.16. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he says that you've got to be born again. And Nicodemus said, uh, and again, this is one of those, there are numerous lines in the Bible that when we get to glory, I think the person who said it's going to say, now first let me say, I'm sorry I said this. <laughs> he said, you mean we've got to go back into our mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus' response to that was, you're a teacher of Israel. He's one of these guys. You're supposed to know better than this. You've got the scriptures. You know the scriptures. These guys had the entire Old Testament memorized. When they saw Jesus do the things that he was doing, it brought to their memory the verses of scripture in the Old Testament that said this is what the Messiah is going to do. And they either were turning their eyes from it or they were so darkened by their own desire to be the leaders of the people no matter what. Even if the Messiah comes, they still want to be the leaders. They don't want him to be the leader. They don't want to lose their place. Whatever their motivation, they were blind and they were mean. And so here they are showing their meanness. They're trying to trap him with this question of authority. They are trying so hard to get him on charges of blasphemy that they can finally kill him. That's their goal. Jesus knows this. He knows their minds, just like he knows our minds. And that's something for us to remember in, in, in the Gospels. When Jesus shows himself to be Lord over everybody's thinking to where he knows what we're, what's going on in our minds, he did it then, he does it now. He knows us. He knows, what we're, he knows what we're about. He knows what our motivations are. He knows what we think. And so he knew these guys had no interest at all in understanding the authority by which he was doing these things. And remember what he was doing? The thing that they're probably talking about directly is his going into the temple the day before and cleaning it out, upsetting the money changers, the merchants that were in there, you know, really abusing the people um, financially, charging them more for the stuff that they needed for the sacrifices than they could really pay, but they were doing it because they had to do this. And th- that, that upset things, and these guys said, okay, l- let's get it, let's, let's get him. And so this is the thing, they want to get him to blaspheme, they want to get him to say that he's God, or that he's God's son, any of those things will do. Just wants, they just want him to say it publicly. And he said it numerous times. They want him to say it right here by in, the, in the temple courts in Jerusalem so they can finally take him out. But he knows they're not interested in the answer. 
he's been given the answer to this throughout his entire ministry. It's very clear the authority that he has by the miracles that he's been working. And it's very clear that it comes from God because it goes right along with the Old Testament scriptures describing what the coming of the king is going to bring. And he's doing all of these things. It's very clear. There's no question about it. But rather than just answering them straightforwardly, he answers in such a way, and this is what I think we have to really understand about this passage. He answers in such a way as to continue, and I say continue because he's been doing this throughout his ministry. He's continuing to spell out the judgment that's coming on these guys with these hard, mean hearts that are rejecting the very Savior that God has been promising to bring from all of the history of Israel. He's he's pronouncing judgment on them by turning the table on their question and not answering their question. He exposed them. He asked them a very simple question. I mean, John's baptism was a big deal. God had set that up. John had set John up as the, as the forerunner of the Messiah. It's, again, all part of the plan, all part of the plan that was clearly announced in Scripture. A very simple question, and again, a very obvious one. But they wouldn't tell the truth to protect themselves, because remember, they were more concerned about their position. They were more concerned about their income. They were more concerned about their power. They were more concerned about their reputation than they were about the truth. And so they were failing miserably as the leaders of Israel. They should have been leading the way, leading the charge to receive Jesus. But as they continued in their rejection, Jesus asked them this question, which the answer was obviously, it was from heaven. John's ministry, John's baptism was from heaven. And Jesus clearly said that in numerous places throughout his ministry. John was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. One of the greatest men to ever live. And they rejected it. It's on them. And so when he turns away and says, neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. He is announcing to them, and they knew this, he is announcing judgment on them because they know that his authority is the authority of God himself. We know that too. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we're looking into God's word. That's why, um, is that called Connect Four? That's why we have Connect Four up here. That's where we got checkers. That's where we got a house of cards. That's why we got the Rubik's Cube. That's why I'm wearing a T-shirt, not just because I, I do like wearing T-shirts. Um, that's why our T-shirt has a Bible verse on the back of it. Because we believe in the authority of God. Job was struggling with that, but God straightened him out. And Mark just read at the beginning. Take some time today or tomorrow or this week. Take some time and read, starting with, with Job um, 38. Take some time and understand the authority of God. 
understand the authority by which Jesus was doing these things. But you're, you already believe it. You're here. You're looking into God's word. You, you recognize that when Jesus said, heaven and earth can pass away, but my word is never going to disappear. You know the authority of God. But the people that we're sharing with, the people that we live around, the people of our culture, they don't. They don't even, they don't even know enough about it to ask this question. By what authority are we doing these things? By what authority are we coming to church on a Sunday morning instead of the many, many other wonderful things that we could be doing on Sunday morning? If they, if they knew how much time you wasted at church, they would say you're crazy. If they knew how much money you invested in eternal things through your church, they would say you're really crazy. That's how much, that's how much we believe in the authority of God. That's how much we believe that Jesus did what he did and said what he said under the authority of Almighty God because he himself as the Son of God is God. That's how much we believe that. We literally invest our finances into the eternity that he promised. Because we believe that he's doing this, that he's, that he's made the announcements, he's, he's done the things, he's, he's sent out his apostles, he's equipped them, he's empowered them by his Holy Spirit to share the word with us so that we have this word, we look at it, we believe this is the authority of God. And just as the judgment was going to fall on these teachers of the law, these leaders of Israel, that same judgment is going to fall on everybody who rejects the authority of God. It's a terrible, terrible judgment. But because of Jesus, there's hope. I love, the, the, again, the picture of this filter. And I'm thankful that the kids are going to get to see it and, and, uh, and get to participate in this offering uh, to see it. But, but I, I love this, this whole concept of filter of hope. Because that's, that's the message. The authority of God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is hope for everybody. We believe it so much that we're that we're you know spending this this week on on children, sharing them sharing with them not just the the, the thing they're going to be giving their offering toward the filter of hope but the picture that that also presents. We're going to be sharing this hope with them that they can also the children can receive Jesus that their parents can receive Jesus that their friends can receive Jesus. We're sharing it with our kids. We're sharing it with 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 other children. I was talking to one of the teachers that's, that's going to be working this week. They said in their class, it's like 80% of the registrants in, in that particular class don't come to Midway. That's a great opportunity. Oh, not that it wouldn't be worth it just to do it for the great Midway kids. But it's even better when we can do it with other kids also. 
who may or may not go to another church, and if they do, may or may not believe in the Bible, because there's a lot of those. There are a lot of Christian leaders like these Jewish leaders who ought to know better, but don't. Ought to be, ought to be talking every Sunday and preaching from the Bible instead of current events and stories. They know better, but they don't. And so we have the opportunity to, to lift up, to hold up, even wear it on, our, on the you know, leader's shirts, the word of God. We believe it. We believe it's true. We believe it's God's authority. And the message of his word is that his son is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And on the other side of it, everyone comes to the Father who believes in him. That's our message of hope. And so, you're going you're to face people, and you do regularly, who don't believe. And, who, and, who, and sometimes, again, praise God for our country. Praise God for the freedom that we have to do this this morning. I mean, th- there are people who, who really hate what we're doing, but because we live in America, they still can't do anything about it. Oh, they're, they're working hard at it. You know, we, we keep looking at what's happening north of the border and see, what, see how the, the word of God is being, is being con, you know, condensed as to what those, the, the preachers of churches up there are allowed to say. And it's coming, it's, they're trying to do that here. But so far, no. And so we praise God and we, and we pray that it will continue, but we take advantage of the opportunity as we share the word of God, not just in public like this, but also in private with our friends. Let them know the authority where it comes from. Let them know where the truth that we believe, not just our truth, the truth. Let them know there is such a thing. It's the authority of God, demonstrated in his his creation and especially in his special revelation of his word. They may not understand right away where you're coming from, but don't let that stop you from saying, that's what I believe. At some point, they might, they might start reading it. And what does the Bible say about people uh, who start reading it? He bears fruit. He produces fruit in the lives of people who genuinely look into his word. And so if you can just speak up for it, for God's authority in it, for, the, for, for what he has done in your life since you've submitted to his authority, then they won't have to face, if they put their trust in Christ, they won't have to face this judgment that Jesus continually is announcing to these leaders of Israel who are rejecting the authority of God. Now that's how it fits into our ministry. How does it fit into our lives? Personal lives. Well, first... You may be here this morning, and you still haven't submitted to the authority of God in your life. You're still rejecting his plan like these teachers of law were, like these leaders, these elders, and chief priests. You're still rejecting what God did for you through his son, Jesus. And so I'll tell you what Jesus told Thomas. You remember doubting Thomas? You remember what Jesus told him? Stop doubting and believe. 
I'll encourage you to do that this morning. He has given you every reason as you look into his word, as you look at what he's made in his, in his great world, as you look at the way he made the people that are in this room, it's amazing. It all points to him. Stop doubting and believe. Put your trust in Jesus. Accept his authority. He decided in his wisdom to do it this way. I love that passage that Mark read there at the end of, in verse 11 where he's telling the ocean where it has to stop. He can do that. He did that. Stop right there. He has that authority. He has that authority in the world. He has that authority now in our lives if we put our trust in him. And those who are already believers in Christ, let that authority be the source of the peace that he gives us as we walk through this life. By peace, with peace, because he has got this. He is the author. He is the finisher. He's the one who's taken us through. He's the one that's taken us through all the twists and turns of life. We're going to tell the children that. Let's believe that. Let's live that. Let's trust him as the author of life, of the creator of everything that is as the Savior who gave his life for us. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning uh, for this great launch service of our Vacation Bible School. We want to thank you for every teacher, leader of the different areas of service and ministry, of every young person, who's giving their week to serve these children. We thank you for them, Father, and we pray that you'd work in their lives right now to help them commit to living what they're teaching. And Father, as they're preparing and as they're delivering, if there's a wayward aspect to their life, show them that so they can turn back to you and live out what we believe. Father, we pray for every child that's already signed up and those that still have yet to sign up. We pray that you'd be at work in their lives, that you'd be opening their hearts, that you'd help them understand that there is a truth and it is your truth. And it goes for everything and everybody. It's not something they have to guess about. It's something they can know. It's something they can learn. It's something they can understand. And through Jesus, it's something that they can receive. And so we pray that you would be at work in their hearts. Many are already believers, but many aren't. We pray that you would draw them to faith in Christ this week. Father, we pray for that Thursday night event that we're going to hold the family night. We thank you for the opportunity that we'll have to rub shoulders with a lot of people from our community that we don't know. So we pray that you'd shine brightly through us, that you'd use us in their lives to plant seeds, to share hope and faith with them uh, during that fun night. And we pray that you'd bring fruit from it that will last forever. And Father, from the challenge of your word this morning. We pray that you would help anyone here 
or online with us that's still challenging you, that's still disregarding what you've said, like the teachers of the law, the chief priests and the elders were doing. Help them to realize that they can be forgiven if they turn to you and what you've said and to what you've done for them in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.